Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Right. Well, before we begin today, let me just say this. If you have not considered doing so, please consider supporting the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network using the show code ROBLES. That is R-O-B-L-E-S. Use the show code ROBLES. That is R-O-B-L-E-S. Just to help us produce more and better and more consistent uh, content and all that kind of thing. We do it for you guys, and it would be great if you could help support the channel that you love so much. Now... Also, I just paid an invoice to purchase uh, a large number of, uh, of the old AD bestseller. It's not really a bestseller. I mean, I guess if I sold one copy, it would be my bestseller. But uh, I have a book coming out, Social Justice Pharisees. It's my first book ever. I think you'll find it very helpful. In fact, it will address a lot of the things that we cover in the channel in a, in a, in a nice kind of written, you know, normal form that you could hand to someone and all that kind of thing. I know there are some of you that, that you know, maybe you wouldn't want to necessarily recommend the AD Robles YouTube channel. I don't understand it. I mean, I think I'm, I think I do a good job. But some of you, you know, it's a little, a little hardcore for some people. I get it. So this book is supposed to fill that void. It doesn't lose my, you know, my voice, but at the same time, it's a little more easy to swallow, I guess you could say. Uh, so that's coming out very soon. In fact, from what I understand, I ordered, I, I, I paid the invoice today. I understand what I understand is two weeks I'll have it in my hands and I'll be mailing it out to people who already ordered it. And there'll be other ways for you to get it as well. Because I bought more copies than were than were pre-ordered, so we'll talk more about that later. But anyway, look looking forward to that. If you if you did buy a copy, I will be sending an email very shortly once I have a very clear timeline of what's going to happen. You know the way things are working these days with the meet with the news and not the news, the uh, the mail and all that kind of stuff. It's hard to say if there will be delays or not. I don't know. I mean, we don't even have gas in the gas pump. You know what I mean? So who knows? But anyway, that's the plan. Two weeks, I should have it in my hands. And we will be good to go. Now, um, yeah, a lot of you guys, I was surprised, honestly. And and this is just, it's not my area, right? I'm not a, I'm not a music guy. Um, you know, I, I'm still listening to Smashing Pumpkins. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a music guy. So I didn't know anything about this Ruslan KD. Um, like I said, I had heard the name. But it's just not my circles. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't listen to this kind of stuff. Um, but apparently he's very popular. And uh, people were very interested to see me continue... You know, commenting about this video, and so I will. In fact, uh, Marcus and Ruslan uh, both commented on the channel uh, and said that they enjoyed it as well. In fact, here's a, here's a, a comment from Ruslan. He says, "Thanks for reacting to this solid breakdown. Nevertheless, it sounds like you're coming from a similar presuppositional, post-mill, covenantal, fundamentalist perspective as Marcus." Let's get a few more buzzwords in there for. Uh, for the people in the back, they might not have noticed. Uh, and that's definitely true, 100%. Uh, very similar perspective to Marcus, no question about it. But um, the reality is, though, guys, that you don't have to be a presuppositional, post-mill, covenantal fundamentalist to understand that you got to take the Bible seriously. And you got to understand that the Bible is sufficient for every good work. There's nothing about those sentences. Those are Bible verses. Um, well, at, at least the, the first one was. Uh, the second one. Um, 
you don't have to be a fundamentalist to understand, like, if it means every good work, then yeah, every good work, the Bible's sufficient for us, so we should be looking to the Bible for the answers there. I don't think you need to be a pre-sup, post-mill, covenantal fundamentalist to believe that. In fact, I know you don't have to be that. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a weird comment. But I did want to clarify, because I, 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 I'm pretty sure all of us knew this, but um, I wanted to at least give him his due here. He says... For clarity, attempting to get sushi didn't make me instantly think, quote, UBI was bad, LOL, LOL. Funny you framed it that way. I gave the macro reflection of how extended unemployment benefits weren't so beneficial and then shared a person personal anecdote to illustrate the point. Not sure how that was missed. It wasn't missed, Ruslan. It wasn't missed. Uh, yeah, I, 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 know, I knew exactly what you were doing. Um, it's preposterous either way, though. See, that's the point. Like, like. You know, you, we don't need to like experience the insanity of unemployment benefits to know that they're wrong, because the scripture has no place for it. I mean, there's no place for someone who's not working to eat. That's Bible verse as well. If he does not work, he does not eat. I'm sorry. If he's not willing to work, he does not eat. Right. And so clearly, unemployment benefits are a no go. And also. Um, the, it, it would be fine if the government paid unemployment benefits with its own money, but the problem is the government doesn't have any of its own money. It doesn't produce anything. All it does is take. So uh, there's no room in the Bible for unemployment benefits. There is room for charity in the Bible, which is something that uh, Christians have done since the beginning and continue to do um, at very high rates. And so um, we don't need to. My point is, my point is that we have a word from the, the from the Lord, right? So we don't need to fall into the ditch to know that we shouldn't have uh, attempted to fall into that ditch. Like we we ha- we know what's good, we know what's right because God tells us what's good and what's right. So we don't have to wait until all of a sudden it's a disaster. Like ev- any anyone should have been able to know that UBI would be a disaster for the economy. Uh, anyone should be able to know that, not only from uh, the Scripture, but also just from general revelation. Obviously, people, if you're going to pay them to do nothing, um, and, uh, and oftentimes pay them more to do nothing than to work, they're going to prefer to do that. Um, anyway, uh, we're not going to go into that too much into detail here. Maybe I will uh, in a new video, because that's a topic that I, I don't know why people are confused about that, but it, it makes perfect sense you know, when you're thinking logically about the economy and all that kind of thing. Let's jump into it today, though, because we've got more stuff coming up. Let's go. Yeah, so, right. Oh, it's Exodus. Exodus, Exodus. 18, 21. 18, To select the capable yeah. men from all the people who fear God, trustworthy men who have dishonest Yeah, so those are the standards for that's tens dope. and thousands and hundreds. Of, so when they're electing leaders as a people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much, you know. So what is someone, question? someone what got is mad at me in the comments and said that they don't think I'm smart anymore because... I said that uh, Donald Trump wouldn't meet the three requirements in Exodus uh, anymore, and and I'm not really sure why that would. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm 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 sure I'm not as smart as I think I am, but uh, yeah, I don't really know why. It, it, commenter, if you see this video, please explain yourself a little bit more. I didn't really understand. Solution to sustain. Maybe, well, maybe I'm too stupid to understand. <laughs> Sorry. Let's talk about systemic racism. For a bit. You know. Uh, so the, the the mentality there is that there's these structures uh, that have been created that are racist. Um, and so my, my question really is a lot of people talk about there's a lot of debate on whether it exists or not. And and we could do that. And 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 I would say uh, I, I mean, my position would be it exists in some ways, but not as prevalent as it's made out to be. 
but my, my ultimate question is like well for example i would say that um um oh, an example of systemic racism would be minimum wage right i think minimum yeah. wage is racist it was created by people who are trying to get who were mad that black people were working cheaper and harder than them and so they created a, a minimum wage it was the first minimum wage law in the country i think in connecticut and or delaware and it was actually struck down until the new deal and then it was brought back in um it was struck down because it was racist <laughs> so so i would say say that so my but i have a solution and the solution my solution to minimum wage is found in jesus's parable of the vineyard worker where there is almost uh this idea that if there is a min if if minimum wage is okay then the parable that is explaining god's sovereignty doesn't make sense all right so let me stop here for a second because this is i really appreciated this from from marcus because it's a very strategically good one to bring up right because everything he said about minimum wage and why it was developed and all that it's all true it's all true. It was it was done to the minimum wage was established in order to keep uh, people from hiring blacks because people were hiring blacks uh, for cheaper than they could hire whites and they were working really hard. They were outworking people and uh, people were like, well, what's that? What's go, what's what's this all about? And um, and so so they developed this minimum wage and all that kind of stuff. And so. Um, and the thing is, though, is that this is what I want to make sure to avoid, though, right? Because, because I'm not against minimum wage because it's racist, even if it was developed as a racist policy. That's not why I'm against minimum wage. I'm against minimum wage, first and foremost, because it's not biblical. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the Bible does not give quarter for the government to be getting involved in personal uh, negotiations like that. So if I want to sell labor... Uh, for a cheaper rate um, than my neighbor for whatever, and that's what I want to do, then I should be able to do that. Like, there's no reason for the government to get involved there. And what Marcus is referring to in this parable is that Jesus clearly identifies that the fact that there are property rights, right? So if you own the labor and your and your and your employer owns the money, you can decide what you're worth, you know, between the two of you. And that's no need for the government to get involved there. In fact, there's no place for the government to get involved there. Uh, price setting is not in the purview of governments. So that's why I'm against it. Now, it might just be so happen that, you know, people use minimum wage in a racist way, and that's and that's awful as well. Um, however, um, I don't want the government getting involved in that because that's not their place. According to the scripture, that's not their place. And that's a really strategically smart example to use for, for Marcus because it's almost guaranteed, talking to Ruslan, who just admitted to at one point supporting UBI, he very likely supports minimum wage laws. He pr very likely supports higher minimum wage laws than we currently have. Um, and so very strategic because he's kind of, putting Ruslan on the defensive here, you know, having to face the reality that minimum wage actually does not work to the benefit of the people that Ruslan claims to be for. Because the the principle in that was that, you know, the vineyard worker was yeah. getting paid more for time or whatever. Right. And God says, right, right, right. it's my money. I can do with it's, my yeah. money yeah, 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 as yeah. I please. Dope parable. Yeah. So, Ten, so 1099. I, so the answer is 1099. I'm, I'm down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I put it. Like right. 1099, general but, contract, right. internships. That's, for, for yeah, intern, all that. yeah, yeah, that's right. So so I, I could pull out these ideas. I could say, well, I, I think yeah, there are 1099 some. Yeah, 1099 is great. 
1099, you know, employment is great when you're self-employed and all that kind of stuff. That's that's all great because the thing is, like, the government doesn't have really a place to be telling you what kind of arrangements you should be in. That's all fine. You know what I mean? But but again, like 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 this is a great example. And I would recommend, you know, using this example when somebody brings to you a you know concrete sort of policy you know issue that's real. Um, good stuff. Systems that are inherently sure. racist. But what would you say? Well, well, let me just ask you this. What is what would you say is a good example of systemic racism? And and what is your what would you say would be a biblical solution to that? A good example of systemic racism, I would say the way public schools are funded. I think that the way that they're funded may not be uh, overtly racist. We're like, ha, we're going to make mm -hmm. sure that the poor black kids have trash schools, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a third of public school funding comes from local property taxes. So my experience um, as someone that grows up in Vista, which was, guess what, more Mexican and black mm -hmm. school, completely different than my brother and sister who grew up in Del Mar. I don't know how, how familiar you are with Del Mar uh, in San Diego. Uh, property tax, completely different. Literally, completely, everything about their experience was completely different. This, the, the classroom sizes, the access to technology, so on and so forth. The entire experience was day and night different. That was because of the third of the revenue that comes for funding public schools. Not These aren't private schools. These are right. public schools. Um, I think is extremely problematic. And so I think that's that that's an indicator. So if you're coming from an area with very low income taxes, uh, not income tax, excuse me, property taxes, mm -hmm. I think that's going to directly negatively benefit people in those area. By the way, and, and, and what I'm what I'm not saying is that there needs to be um, equal outcomes. I'm not saying, but you are saying, saying that. So this is an interesting example. So, so Ruslan starts talking about a typical, you know, kind of liberal talking point, you know, schools aren't the same. And that means that they don't have the right same opportunity. Let, let's just let him finish. So, so we can talk about this because there's a sleight of hand here. Think equitable outcomes, right? I'm not for mm -hmm. like that little chart. We see the right, right, chart right, where right, the guys right. are standing. Yeah, I got you, right? I got you. Yeah, they, they all should get arrested, right? Because right. they're all like stealing from, <laughs> they're all right, watching right. the game that they should watch. So I'm not talking about equitable um, outcomes. I'm saying an equal access to an to opportunity that I think if, if we're coming from a biblical framework, uh, I think we would agree, hey, people, regardless of the family they were born into, regardless on the neighborhood they were born into, regardless on whatever, should have equal access to a, a, a quality education, whether they live in Delmar. This is interesting. So so here's here's what he said. So if we have a biblical framework, we should agree that everyone should have equal access to education, whether they live in a bad neighborhood or a good neighborhood, they should have equal access to education. And he just assumes that we should agree with that as Christians. And he says, I'm not for equal outcomes. I'm for equal opportunity. And that sounds great, right? You know, it sounds like he's hitting all the right talking points. But there's a sleight of hand here, and maybe he doesn't see what he's doing himself. I don't know. But what he's done is he said, look, in the biblical worldview, everyone should be given the same opportunity. Everyone's the same and, and, and really, I, I don't know where he would ground that. I, I honestly don't know where he would get that from the Bible. I mean, maybe he, would, maybe he would ground it in the image of God, but the reality is that God doesn't treat us like that. God advantages his people. God advantages his people, even as the Egyptians 
in the and 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 the uh, and the and the and the Philistines and all the pagans were also made in the image of God. Like they were made in the image of God back then, just like we are today. And yet, God advantages His people. And so, so in order to un, in order to think that education. Access to education and opportunity in education uh, ought to be equal automatically. Then you must think it's an entitlement. Like we're entitled to having a good education, and that's just simply not the case at all. It's a nice liberal talking point that sounds really good, and everyone wants to agree with it. But um, you can't really agree with it when you're looking at reality, because here's the facts. I and 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 by the way, my experience, just so you know, maybe you don't know this. Um, I grew up in a not great neighborhood, right? In fact, I grew up in a not great neighborhood in Connecticut, and we were one of the one of the early kind of experiments with um, kind of social engineering. In fact, I remember in elementary school, I was bused to a far away elementary school that was you know all the rich kids went, Pequonic, <laughs> that's where it was, Pequonic, and um, all the rich kids went there. And they sent some of the rich Pequonic kids to my uh, uh, elementary school, which was JFK. And then they sent some of the poor JFK kids to Pequonic to the rich kids' elementary school. And I was one of those kids. And everybody hated it. Everybody hated it. It was annoying. It made no sense. You know, all you had to leave all your friends and, and all this stuff. It was stupid. And everybody hated it. And it was just, it, to me, it was a failed experiment. I'm sure that they think it was the greatest thing since sliced bread because they love tinkering with people's lives and stuff like that. Governments are twisted. Um, and so, um, but the point is, though, that, 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 that you know, did I deserve that? Did, am, I, am I owed a, a better education or a more equal or equitable education? No, I'm not. You see, this is the reality. Like, like my parents did the best they could for me at the time, and I was privileged in many ways, but in some ways we didn't have enough money and things like that. And, and this is the thing. Like, I, I have no right to shake my fist up at the government or God to say, God, why did you put me in this poor neighborhood? Like, I didn't even have access to a, a, a great school. And like, my, my, my school's playground was garbage compared to Pequonic. And it's like, like, what would make you think that you would have the right to do that, to shake your fist and say, everyone needs equal opportunities? It's like, that's actually not biblical. That's actually not biblical. See, my, my, like, if you, if you take that one step back, right, because here's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm not looking for equal outcomes, only equal opportunities. But you see, you got to go back in time for this because here's the thing. Like, like, the school that you go to, the school that your parents can afford to send you to, that's part of the outcome, right? Like, that's part of, you know, your parents' outcome, your grandparents' outcome, and the outcome of history. So, like, like it, 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 you can't pretend like, like, like the opportunity started – you know, uh, at the education that you're getting. Like, that's not where it started. That's part of the outcome. So you see the sleight of hand here is saying, no, no, going to school is part of the opportunity, not the outcome. But really, it's one of the outcomes of your parents and of your parents' parents and stuff like that. And that's totally legitimate, right? Like, we, we should be looking to advantage our children and so that they can then advantage their children. This is a biblical principle, by the way. This is a real biblical principle where it says in the Scripture that a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You should be thinking forward to advantage your own children because that's part of what a righteous man does, leaves an inheritance to his children's children. The Bible does not say that a righteous man leaves an inheritance to someone else's kids. It says, leave an inheritance to your children. 
And so my father, uh, by the grace of God, did better than my grandfather did. And my grandfather, by the grace of God, did better than his father did, and all of that kind of thing. And God willing, I will do better than my father did, and will be able to leave an inheritance to my children's children. And if I and if I think that you know paying for a more expensive education is one of the things that I'd want to do, then then God willing, I'll be able to do that. Right? We're homeschooling, so you know, not really part of the whole pro- program. But you see, like it's a it's a sleight of hand to say, well, I'm just I'm just talking about opportunities here and not not outcome. No, no, you're talking about outcome. You want to make everything even, Stevens, so that no matter what their parents did, no matter what, everyone can get the same education. And not only is that not a, a biblical principle, even though you you seem to say it was, it's not feasible. It's not realistic. It's not something that we can do in reality because everybody makes choices and. Um, you know, whether you, you want to face it or not, what your parents do has an impact on you. You know what I mean? What your parents are able to accomplish has an impact on you, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that unless you're willing to shake your fist at God and say, yeah, God, you made my dad a drunk, and now I'm suffering. It's like <laughs> I'm not really in the position to do that. You know what I mean? I was blessed with a great father. I was great, blessed with a great family. There's just no question about it. And I recognize that as a blessing, and so I understand that you know when God gives you stuff, when he gives you a lot of blessings, then, then he expects a return on what he gives you. And so I'm working in order to do that. I'm working in order to um, ex- continue to expand the kingdom of God. I'm working to provide godly offspring uh, for the Lord and all of those kinds of things. And it's like, that's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm assuming Ruslan's doing that with his kids. I'm assuming that he's trying to, to 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 position his own children and his children's children with an inheritance and all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that because someone down the street might not be doing that. Doesn't mean mean that you have to have the same schooling as that person's kids. Okay, that that's not what it means at all. I don't see how you could read the scriptures. Um, both Testaments, the Old and the New Testaments, and not see that God advantages his people all the time. You know, and I'm sorry, I'm harping on this, but this is an important thing because what Ruslan said sounds really good to a lot of even conservatives. Yeah, equal opportunity. But you got to be careful because you can't just arbitrarily call an education, which is a consumer product, by the way, something that you pay for, um, as you can't, you can't say that that's, that's just an entitlement. It's not. There, you have no entitlement to education. There's no Christian principle that says you have an entitlement to education. You, as a parent, you have a responsibility to teach your kids. And if you uh, b- betray your children and don't teach your kids properly, that's, that's a sin on you, and it's not the responsibility of the government to step in there. It isn't. It isn't. Anyway, uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about that. or they're living in Vista based on if we're going to fund it as the government. We're going to fund it as a government. I don't think the government should fund it So here's how Marcus tries to go. He says the solution is the government shouldn't be funding at all, and that is definitely true. The government should not be involved in education whatsoever. They should not have one dime uh, going towards education. It's not their job. Biblically, it's not their job. But even if they were going to take and and, and fund these schools— 
And why why would you think that they should fund it equally? Why would you think that? I, I'm not really sure. And it's not even feasible. It's not possible to do that. It's not possible to, to fund every school the same. It's not feasible. It wouldn't be good for anybody uh, at all. It, it wouldn't be. Anyway, let's uh, continue. You think the government should fund schools at all? Defund all the schools. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's a whole nother, but, so that's a whole nother conversation. Well, but but, yeah, but so let important. me let me let me give you the answer. So let me give you the answer to uh-huh. that solution. Okay. So the solution. So we're about to get a solution from Ruslan, and um, and um, you know he he tries to he tries to sidestep Marcus's kind of radical solution of hey no more government funding for schools defund all the schools. That's the biblical answer, by the way. It's not it's not just Marcus's opinion. This is what the scripture says. The scripture does not give the authority to educate children at all. It squarely gives it to the parents. It's the parents' responsibility to educate children. Now, the parents might choose to pay someone else to do it. The parents might choose to do it themselves. There's a variety of things the parents could choose. Or the parents might choose not to do it and just to say, I don't care what God says. Like, like there's lots of different things that the parents could choose. But one thing that is definitely not an option is to let, make the government do it. Make the government uh, steal. Like, like, you can't abdicate your responsibility. If you pretend like the government has that responsibility, this responsibility to educate your kids is still yours. You're just advocating it. So um, Russell wants to sidestep that. He says that's a separate issue. It's a separate conversation. No, no, no. That is the conversation. That's the, this conversation that we, need, that we need to discuss it here because, because if you get on the unbeliever's airplane, you're going to go to the unbeliever's destination. And so if you already accept the framework that it's the government's job to educate your kids— no matter what kind of tinkering you do with the with the with the way it's funded, it's going to end up at the unbeliever's destination, which is not where a Christian ought to want to go. Solution would be something like school vouchers, something like Sweden does, right? Where schools have to compete to get you to come in. This is actually a conservative solution, with the caveat that the schools are willing to bus people in and provide lunches for kids. Right. Because what happens is a lot of these charter schools say, yeah, 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 free lunches, but you have to get dropped off by a parent. You can't walk there and you and you can't get bussed in. Oh, and by the way, we're getting rid of school lunches. We're not funding school lunches. Mm-hmm. Kid like me grew up on free school lunches. I wouldn't have survived if there wasn't free school lunches. That's how yeah. poor and, I was. And this is I the problem with this, right? So Ruslan has done two things here. Number one, he's trying to get a little bit of conservative bona fides here because he's trying to play that that fence sitter who's agnostic, who doesn't really know what he wants or what he believes. So sometimes he votes conservative, sometimes he votes liberal. He's getting some bonus points there because vouchers are often brought up by conservatives as a solution here. So that's a very good point. The second thing he's doing here is trying to get some emotional sympathy. Look, I know what it's like to be poor. That's what he's saying. I know what it's I would not have survived if I didn't have free school lunches. And there's a hidden, there's a hidden, um, thing here that I, I want to just reveal to you because because this is often done by liberals by people who who want the state to take care of everything they, they basically look to state as daddy right they look to state as daddy the hidden assumption here is if the government didn't give me free lunches i would have gone hungry i would have starved if the government didn't provide for me the school lunches it's the same thing with like uh you know you always hear the meme that libertarians love to talk about like oh my roads my roads if if the government didn't provide for me the roads what would i do like and the assumption there is if the government doesn't pay for these things it wouldn't happen and it's the same thing with education if the government didn't provide education people would be dumb they would be ignorant 
and all that kind of thing. And um, there's no reason to assume that, right? There's no reason to assume that. If the government didn't pay for Rus- little Ruslan's school lunch, somebody probably would have. <laughs> whether it be the church, whether it be a charity, whether you know we go to the food pantry down the street, whatever. Because there are so many people that that today, right now, set up on their own initiative and their own accord feeding programs where they feed people who cannot feed themselves. During the Great Depression, uh, I've seen some pictures. that, that I, I love looking at pictures of the Great Depression because when you're in school, you get this image of the Great Depression being this time of despair and everyone was out for themselves. Nobody cared about each other. And it's just not the case. Businesses would set up things that said, hey, look, if you're out of work, come to this, come to our restaurant. We'll give you a free donut. We'll give you free coffee, all that kind of stuff. You, you, we want you to have something. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like Ruslan's like, I would not have eaten. I would not have survived if we didn't have the free lunch program provided by the federal government. It's like, no, you would have, you would have, somebody else would have taken care of you because that's how things work. Christians work that way. Um, we, we, during the pandemic last year, my, my church set up an emergency food pantry for people, and we would deliver food to people who didn't want to leave their houses because they were scared of the pandemic and all that stuff. And nobody told us to do it. The government didn't tell us to do it. Uh, all, we just did it of our own volition, of our own initiative, and all of that kind of This happens everywhere in the country, everywhere. And so um, it's, it's it, you know— I do sympathize with people who didn't have meals. Um, I, I was never in that position. I was never in that position. I remember I, when I used to visit my grandmother in the Bronx in the projects, we used to go get the free, uh, the free lunches during the summertime at their, um, at their local school, you know, because my, my grandparents were not rich. You know, they, 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 they were, um, you know, less well-off than we were and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you know, I've taken advantage of some of those programs as well. But if if they weren't there, it's not like people would be starving. That's just not how it works, especially in a Christian nation. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, so, so he he's kind of getting those bona fides, and he's he's kind of giving you you know the sob story and all that kind of thing. But but you got to look behind this a little bit because you know there are hidden arguments being made by by Ruslan here. And he's trying to make the argument, Marcus, see, you would agree with with vouchers because you're a conservative, right? And it's like, yeah, a lot of conservatives do uh, like vouchers. That does not mean it's biblical. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people would criticize me last year, like, oh, you're just in the Trump cult. And it's like, I don't know why anyone would say that because, I, you know, every time Trump did something that I liked, I said I liked it. Every time Trump did something that I said was unbiblical, that I thought was unbiblical, I said it was unbiblical. He shouldn't do it. And and vouchers is one of these things, right? Vouchers is one of these things. If if a voucher comes from a school of its own volition and no one's forcing it and I'm not paying for it for everyone else, then that's fine. No no problem with that kind of voucher. But if you're taking money from people uh, in order to provide these vouchers for other people, um, that's off limits. That's completely off limits for the government to do. That's stealing. And so, no, I'm not for vouchers just because it was invented by Dick Cheney. You, you know what I mean? Like, or whoever it was who was that invented it. I just said Dick Cheney because he was one of the oldest uh, guys that I knew. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, you, you, you don't, don't be fooled by this stuff. There's some sleight of hand going on here. And I, and I don't think that Ruslan is, is doing this sleight of hand intentionally. Um, so, anyway, let's continue. The problem is uh, that in order to fund government schools, you have to steal from people. Definitely. 
Well, that's your so, position as a libertarian, as, as like a libertarian yeah. that thinks all taxation well, is theft, no, right? It's, it's, it's my position as a Christian. The Bible says thou shall not steal. And if I homeschool my kids and I have to pay for other government school mm-hmm. kids, like, I don't think that is fair. And I don't think we, we homeschool. We homeschool as well. I don't understand what you mean. I can't because of property taxes, I can't own property. Like I can't, I can't pass down property to my kids because essentially a property tax is a lease from the government where mm-hmm. the government is giving you permission to have this property as long as you pay them every year, whatever it is, or else sure. the government comes in and confiscates it. That is sure. terrible for poor terrible. cities I, Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. and stuff like that. So, so I think, you know, one, um, I, I think uh, the church is more than sufficient to be able to handle education for mm-hmm. the people that can't afford education. And also YouTube is pretty fantastic. I don't know if you've heard. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. No, this is this is a funny point, but it's actually a legitimate point because it, 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 it proves that people would get education if there was no public funding for uh, for education. They would get it other ways. You see, it doesn't. The, the need for education doesn't go away if the government decides not to, to 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 steal from others in order to do it. See, that's the trick. Anytime a liberal tells you that you need the government to fund X Y Z, and that X Y Z is not justice, right? It's not uh, executing justice upon the evildoer, like the scripture says. That all you all you have to to do to poke a hole in that is say so. Are you saying that if the government didn't steal from others in order to give this, then then nobody would able to figure out how to get this? Like like obviously that's not true. And so what Marcus is saying is here: the church could educate people, and the church probably would educate people for free if they couldn't afford it. Um, and also, you can access education for free right now. I've listen. The government has not funded me to learn how to do gardening. They have not done that, and, and somehow I learned how to do some gardening. The government has not funded for me to learn how to raise chickens, and somehow I learned how to raise chickens, and I did it by the internet. Which, by the way, you can get access to the internet for free as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's not something that's hard to do. There's lots of nonprofits that set this kind of stuff up, that provide computers, that all this kind of stuff of their own initiative, of their own volition, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we would find a way to educate people, and that would be the responsibility of your parents. And you know that your parents should obey God in that. That's that's what I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, good point, Marcus. I agree. <laughs> so and, so, and then but, also so, also so, and one more thing, uh, most importantly, is fatherhood. Like yes. that's how you're going to fix education the most. Agreed. And, and so Agreed. fatherhood f- would fix a lot of the problems in the inner cities. And I think we both agree on that. So, but, I th- so again, we're saying within the modern confines, right the, here. So tell me uh, uh, something that's systemically racist, something that du- like disproportionately affects pe- poor people and black people and Mexican people than white people. I, I, I give an example. So that's, that's, you know, Hey, we could talk about how that works out. Right. So I, you, I guess your, your solution though, is to like di- dismantle taxes, dismantle property taxes 100%. and yeah. do away with the entire system yeah, because I base it on the but like, Hey, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, maybe that's a good idea. I don't well, know. That's, that's, that doesn't sound bad. Right. I, yeah. I mean, we could say that, but the thing is like, when we have these conversations, we're arguing from statistics, right? Like that's what conservatives do. They argue from statistics, whereas Mm -hmm. liberals tend to argue based on stories and art. Right. So, so they, you know, they put the the problems in the movies, they put the problems in the TV shows and then, and then, you know, which is really powerful. Conservatives are terrible at that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why I can say 
pure with confidence that if we want to fix a problem that's affecting an entire city, we have to look through scripture and we have to see where that, well, like, like you say, school vouchers, you say vouchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the question I want to, want to go back to is like, well, where in scripture do you get the idea of the government sphere, right? The government mm-hmm. sphere where the government is, is responsible for education. You don't. Right. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not in scripture. It. Yeah. It's, 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 it's my position assumes it because that's our reality. So you want to, you want, if you want to dismantle the reality, that's another conversation. It's not another conversation is this conversation. And, and, and Ruslan gives up the argument here. The, 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 the debate here, the conversation is now over because he's saying, you know, my ideas, what I think you should do, it's not in the Bible. It's not there. This is just, this is just my idea. And at that point, it's like, Later on in the video, Ruslan will say, let me tell you my heart in this. And um, on Gab yesterday, I said, Ruslan, with all due respect, you seem like a nice guy. You know, I'd like to hang out with you one day probably and all that kind of stuff. I probably enjoy myself. Um, but I don't really care what your heart is in justice. And that's I'm just keeping it 100. You know what I mean? I don't care one iota what your heart says we should do when it comes to justice. What I care about, and, and neither should you care about what I my heart says. Like that's not what we're after, because we know from the scripture that the heart is desperately wicked, right? We understand that, and um, I, I I I don't care what what your heart says. You shouldn't care what my heart says. What we should both care about, especially if we're both professing Christ, Ruslan, is that what does God say? What does God say? And I think that the temptation that you've uh, given over yourself to is that God doesn't really say uh, much on modern issues. He doesn't really say a lot that that affects today, and I think that's a lie. I think that that's untrue. You just don't like what He says about it because God does talk about education. What does He say? What does He say? He says that educating the children is a responsibility of the parents. You don't like what that says. You don't like that. Because you know, and this is this is this is where I think emotions are 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 a double-edged sword, uh, Ruslan. I think that that your that your emotions are a double-edged sword, and and not just you, all of ours are, because we hear that from God, and we go. This is what we say: we say, God, that might be good for me, because I'm a Christian, and I'm going to raise my kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord and all that kind of stuff. But I have a neighbor over here, God. You might not have known this, but I got this neighbor over here who's a drunk. Right, he's a drunk, and he doesn't care about his kids, and he doesn't raise his kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't all he does is lift up the beer to his mouth and drink. That's all he does. You might not have known that God, and so when you wrote this scripture, you didn't take that into account. And so what we need to do, what my heart says, I want to care for those kids, is I want to tell the government to steal from everybody else in order to provide an education for that kid because that's fair. Because that's fair, and you didn't address that in the Bible, God. You didn't address it, and so we're going to take matters into our own hands, and we're going to go, and we're going to do that. And it sounds really good, because I have sympathy for that kid, too, right? I have sympathy for that kid, too. But the problem is that God does know about my neighbor who's a drunk. You know what I mean? Not only that, he knew about drunks and pagans and idolaters and all that stuff back when he told Israel that the responsibility for education is on the father. And that's it. And, 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 and that's the end of it. And so 
God knew about that, and yet he still spoke on this topic, uh, Ruslan, which you're saying he did not speak. He did speak on this topic. You just don't like what he said. You think it's incomplete. You think that you can do a better job in telling uh, people who's responsible for educating the kids. And I'm here to tell you that that's, that's a fantasy. In fact, I would say you need to repent of that. You need to repent of that. So no, I don't want to work in the unbeliever system. I want to change the system into a godly system. That's what I want. And I think every Christian should want this as well. Um, how does that little kid get educated? Well, I'll tell you what, man. This is the hard work. This is the hard work that God specifically tells us what to do. He specifically tells us how to take care of this. And here's how, here's, here's how you do it. You go and you make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that Christ commanded, not what men commanded, not what men imagined in their hearts and in their imaginations, what Christ commanded. Christ wrote the law of God. He wrote it. He wrote the law of God. And so that's what we teach people to obey. And if that requires that we change the system from a pagan system to a Christian system, then so be it. We do it God's way. We preach that gospel to that drunk. And we get involved in that drunk's life. And we tell the drunk, this is what the Lord says. This is what you should be doing. I'll help you, man. I'll help you with your kid. If you look, we're we're homeschooling anyway. You want you want to you want to send your kid over here? We'll we'll teach him as well. We'll you know I've got a, my church has a program. You know whatever it is, that's how we do it. We don't need to steal from other people in order to accomplish this, Ruslan. You see, your mindset needs to change. You need to get yourself sold out to what the scripture says, and you gotta stop this because we all have this in our hearts in some to some degree where we think we know better than God. We think we know better. Well, he couldn't have possibly have seen this modern context uh, in advance. So we we know that we we got to call someone by their gender pronouns. I mean, it's just hospitality, right? We always think we know better, man, and that's that's sin, man. That's the sin nature in us. You see, God does speak about these things. You just don't like what He has to say. And guess who needs to change? It's you. It's you. You know, I don't I don't like sometimes what God has to say, man. Sometimes to me, you know what it comes across as? It comes across as a little bit harsh. Um, but that's something I need to mortify in myself. Because if God's word comes across a little too harsh for me, I'm the one who needs to change. And so that's where I'll end this one, man. You know, I'm going to probably clip that last part. That last part's important. I'm going to clip that last part and put it separately. But um, God bless you guys. I, um, thank you so much for all the comments. I hope you enjoyed this. God bless you. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.